0: You're listening to The Debrief Podcast with Reggie Allen. And ladies and gents, Zeds, everyone, I am glad to be back and give another episode of The Debrief. Now, folks, this is going to be a fairly short one because it's not something that comes with a, a long-term story. Though we could stretch it out that way. need to get my mojo back first for that. Um, as I talk right now, you are listening to the master himself. Miles Davis playing on Green Dolphin Street. Now, let's get down to business. Today, as I record this episode, it is Thursday, February the 3rd, third day of Black History Month. Happy Black History Month, everyone. However, within this week alone, meaning January 31st, and also... First day of Black History Month February 1st on Tuesday more than a dozen HBCUs received bomb threats my school included all of Maryland's HBCUs besides UMES received a bomb threat Coppin State Bowie State, Morgan State all received bomb threats even the local DC school that everyone knows of Howard University and their little sibling UDC Reeve bomb threats as well go down south and it seemed like they had the same issues Norfolk State had one North Carolina Central earlier in January on January the 5th go down to Florida Edward Waters, Florida Memorial and Bethune-Cookman as well go to Mississippi and they're riddled with the same thing as well Jackson State, Alcorn State glue as well. Go to Texas and Prairie View got a threat as well. Go to Arkansas, Philander Smith, and UAPB as well. The list goes on and on. And it left a lot of black students, including myself, questioning what was going on in America, as if that's not a question that we have all the time. Some people had a more zealous advocate approach to things, and really blamed it on, you know, America really doesn't care about us. And I could have the same sentiment, but once I started stepping into the role of being a multimedia producer in an aspect of things, being a journalist, and being neutral, being unbiased, doing my research first, and then speaking. Thinking twice and then speaking once. I've come to realize that there is, we're still in kicked up dust, we're still in the smoke, we're still in the fog of things. And to quote it fairly fairly well from a recent op-ed documentary that I watched on New York Times, People do not like uncertainty. I don't even like uncertainty. I don't want to point y'all out. Shoot. Happens with me as well. We can deal with uncertainty to a certain degree. And that's why we enjoy music. Like the music that I talk over right now. Jazz is very signature for dissonance. Things that sound outside of our consonants and our harmony. But once you move away from it, it brings such a beautiful taste. Now let's get back on topic. So more than a dozen schools within one day received bomb threat. January 31st, about another 7 to 10 schools. And January 5th, about 3 to 5. I made a graphic for my university newspaper, and the whole map is just scattered. In total, we had more than 20 threats, some schools receiving threats more than once, Howard University and Spelman being two schools that they'll be receiving their second and third threat as of now. It's sad to think about that. Now I wanna, I wanna do what the debrief does best and give you insight on all the, all the approaches to what's going on and how to go from there. So let's talk about why this happened. Let's talk about how it happened. What has happened since then? So what has happened since the bomb threats have happened? Well, I'm still in school. No one is dead. Thank the Lord for that. And the FBI has found six juvenile persons of interest that are fairly tech savvy. So I'm just going to assume that they got on their audio software that i speak into they added a modulator to their voice maybe encrypted it a little bit ran a couple phone calls played that and they got their bomb threats on the way so that's the what they did how they did it but why did they do it before there was any information about who it was everyone was talking in different directions. Some people have their different theories and motives on why it happened. And I wanna discuss those right now and break it down. My idea is not to persuade you away from one or persuade you to another, we're just gonna discuss them. Going on Twitter, going on Facebook, and just talking to my friends, a lot of people had different ideas and theories on The motive for these juveniles, well, the motive of the people that were doing these threats. The popular one was that these are white folk doing what they do best, especially in past light of the insurrection at the U.S. Capitol. It was white folks making sure that we stay scared, and what better way to do that than to scare the future of? The black community than calling all of our fine educational institutions and threatening them with death whether there was a bomb or not we gotta do this to make sure that they stay in their spots and honestly i wouldn't turn my nose up at that theory at all because how many times in history have we seen that happen by now everyone should know about the Tulsa massacres. But to add one to the list, let's consider the 1898 story of Wilmington, North Carolina. This time, the political parties are flipped. Democrats are, they're still rich, but they're conservative in this manner. And they're not so friendly to black folk. Now, we can reserve our comments on how Democrats are today with black folk. That's for another recording. However, in Wilmington, North Carolina, the black folk are fairly fairly regarded in this community. They are journalists. They are members of society, and they are in harmony with normal white folk. A lot of them being farmers. These folks are Republicans. They're different political parties that aren't Democrat. And one day, much just threw, threw them off. To make a long story short, the Democrats ran them out of town. They destroyed the printing press and the building where the journalists were being held, made sure to kick out the farmers and the black folk. And the threat was, do not come back to this town anymore. Do not write any newspapers, nothing. And the crazy fact about this is that if you look it up, you will see that not another black person represented that area in Congress until the late 90s. So it took almost 100 years, maybe even more than 100 years, for any kind of representation to return back to that town. Just showing how our history is a good context for thinking about things like this. So considering that it might be some crazy folk calling up and trying to scare us, I'll never turn my nose up to that. The next theory is a little more specific. It's still crazy folk trying to threaten us. But this one focuses specifically on a recent trend of hbcus this recent trend is sports if you haven't noticed around 2019 florida a&m who's a who's a decent school for athletics they were picking up and they usually do this all the time grambling southern as well they always pick up d1 rejects and i don't want to say it too roughly but that gets the point across you might have been a phenomenal athlete in high school and you get an offer to one of these power schools and you never get any play time now is it their fault or is it just the big program in the business that is ran Yeah, you are an amazing running back, wide receiver, defensive back, defensive lineman, offensive lineman, whatever you are. You are an amazing athlete. But guess what? Now you're on a 50 to 70 man roster with a bunch of guys just like you. And some of these guys, they're getting playtime since they were a freshman. You know, they've been grandfathered into it. Because the coaches or maybe some boosters feel like they're the future. Does that help you out at all? No. So what a lot of athletes have done is they're going to preserve their eligibility with the NCAA. And they're going to go to a mid-level school. They're going to go to Florida a and Jackson State. Grambling. They're going to go to North Dakota State. Who's always in the FCS championship and they're gonna ball out now with this trend if you fast forward a little bit NFL superstar Hall of Famer prime time better known as on his birth certificate Deion Sanders becomes the head coach of Jackson State football and ever since he got there the trickling athletes that transfer to HBCUs, especially the Jackson State, just kept picking up speed. It was a snowball effect. At first, you hear about, you know, one or two athletes every so often going to Florida A&M, Grambling, Southern, Jackson State. You know, maybe one or two every year. But now, you're hearing not only athletes transferring to an HBCU, But now you're hearing high school, three, four and five star recruits committing to HBCUs. And a lot of them aren't just saying that just for the heck of it. They're saying because of the context that we say we want to they want to be at home. They trust the process and they know it's going to happen. Something that a sports commentator I can't remember at the moment said on social media. He just reminded everyone that. Before athletes, black athletes were going to PWIs all the time to go to the NFL, where did the NFL pick up all these athletes from? They know where the talent is. The talent is us, it's not the school. There are numerous HBCU athletes that are Hall of Famers that have been vital pieces to football teams winning championships it's not really about how big the school is that's just funding the real thing is the talent that you have the work ethic that you have and the coaching process that you got around you the best example is my favorite tom brady he was a six-round draft pick imagine how many owners and coaches are mad they didn't pick him up tom brady if you look up his story He's always been a mid-level fella. High school to college, he bounced back and forth between being, you know, on the bench and being a starter. He always had the work ethic. He had the talent. Got to the NFL and he just got the luckiest chance. Sorry for Bledsoe for getting injured, but he started the dynasty. And you can't just quote Tom Brady alone for the Patriots winning all those Super Bowls and winning all those games and being what they are today. Because Tom Brady doesn't play football alone. He plays it with those seven guys up front and those other skilled players that catch the ball for him. And it also counts on the other 11 guys that play on defense and save the game for him. So what is it called again? The work ethic, your talent, and the coaching that you got around you. So people are noticing this. And one thing that one of my professors said in class, he was like, I am sure that these power schools aren't too happy about the trend that's happening. I will consider that because though it's not a big thing, it's a trend and you never like trends if it's against you. So we're going to consider that. The next theory can be a little radical, if not you know, a little taboo of a topic. But it's the idea that instead of crazy white folk, it is crazy white folk, crazy black folk, big money all together on the left-leaning side of things that are playing chess with America and the rest of the world. What do I mean by this? I mean that possibly it's Antifa, it's Black Lives Matter, it's the Democratic Party... Just adding more fuel to the fire of prejudice and hate and confusion, misinformation, disinformation about America to black folks. Elaboration. These bomb threats are called in by Antifa, Black Lives Matter, Democratic Party. You know, they're using their pawns, their Manchurian candidates to do their will. And by this, they continue the narrative of white folk versus black folk. When in reality, it's more of the rich versus the poor. After taking one of my classes called African Diaspora, I came to realize how much more important it is to look at the money compared to the skin complexion. On surface level, from human to human, it looks like a skin thing. But we really got to open our eyes wide. And when I mean wide, I mean damn near 360 degrees. Because if we look at our eyes right now, we see what's in front of us. And then when you get wider, everything is peripheral. I'm talking about looking on what's beside us. What's behind us? What's above us? What's below us? What's far away from us? These are more abstract thoughts. Not as physical as you would think. Because I can guarantee you, the rich don't care if you're black or white. They don't care if you're Asian or not. They care about the money. Because they know that money affects money. And money will do whatever it needs to to stay alive. So, the theory goes, all of these folks, you know, the, not the Bezos, can't remember the name right now, but, you know, Republicans talk about them all the time, I think it's an Italian, Italian failure, that is like a billionaire, but, maybe it's Soros, I think that's the name, but... That's the other idea. Is that possibly it's him, fueling hate, keeping us divided? Because Lord knows that a lot of a lot of white folks, they're normal people. They might be a little bit quirky and different from us because they grew up a different lifestyle, and sometimes we have to like teach them things that we experience because they're naive to it. And this funny thing is, is that ignorance can be very frustrating. But a lot of times, it's just a sign that they have no experience to it at all. And it isn't our job to always teach and educate. However, who's going to do it if it's not the the person that's experiencing it at all? Nevertheless, those are the the top three theories that I've been hearing so far. What do I believe in? I don't believe in none of them. I keep an open mind and consider all of them and just keep going on my way. Speak quietly and carry a heavy stick. Now to think about where we're going to go from here. I'm going to just keep doing my schoolwork. It's only beginning of the semester. I doubt there's going to be another bomb threat. If it is, it's because they want to just be trendy. But a reminder, the FBI said it was six juveniles that did this. Or at least they're persons of interest right now. So if it's to happen again, that means it's a bunch of knuckleheads prying it out. But I just think about the war on terror and how America did a world tour North Africa, West Africa, East Africa, Central Asia, Southeast Asia, Eastern Europe. They've gone everywhere, chasing down radicals of all different creeds and colors. They've chased down Muslims of all sorts. And I don't know if we can call anything progress. Recently that just broke news is that, you know, America just chopped off another another head honcho for a terrorist group. ISIS, supreme leader, commander, just got killed recently by perhaps, uh, perhaps a strike, perhaps a special operations team. And I was looking at the the article from New York Times talk about how Biden announced the the assassination and I'm thinking to myself what benefit do we have from this honestly I remember when I was I think I was in fourth or fifth grade when Osama bin Laden was assassinated and I'm thinking to myself okay this is great you know the this is like this is like Hitler and this guy was like untouchable like you can't catch him at all hallelujah everyone's happy this was the guy that you know did 9-11 and I just think about it at the same time is that recently like in modern history a lot of the enemies for America have been people that we've had ties to before Ho Chi Minh for example this guy was educated in America and we sent him back to Vietnam and guess who we're fighting now? The Viet Minh, the Viet Cong, the NVA. And one of their glorious leaders is Ho Chi Minh himself. Ain't that something? And anyone, anyone knows how terrible a story Vietnam is. Look into The war on terror and how we've been stuck in Afghanistan and Iraq forever and a day. When the Russians were trying to invade Afghanistan in the late 70s, we came in, we were training up folks, the Mujahideen. Later on, you know, Soviet Union, they crash, they don't have the resources anymore. And now, for some reason, the Mujahideen grows, and now they're our enemy. It's the irony in this is just painful, I tell you, painful. With all this being said, because now I can tell it's just it's a it's a loop of why America or what now america and all i can say to you is it is what it is keep your head high keep your ear high keep your nose low to the ground and see what goes on in life peace prosperity more life and more happiness tell someone that you love them Read a news article and diversify your knowledge. Reggie Allen closing.